Hello everybody, this is Jeff with Purple Health Productions. Today we're going to talk about climate change. And I'm probably going to veer around a lot because this is more of a, uh, a personal, uh, a very emotional story for me that I have a hard time uh, not getting emotional about it. Uh, as with, I think, everybody when they really think about it. Um... As always, if you want to become a patron, please join at patreon.com front slash foreverquest. I'm just going to explain this in the only way I know how, which is my personal story, and then we'll just see where it goes from there, because I'm not sure what my point is here today, everybody, to be honest with you. It's just something I felt like I needed to talk about, because I feel like it's, you know, when I talk about how the... The world is like this really complex place, but that it's possible to understand it if you really try hard and you'll never understand it perfectly, but you can start to understand it somewhat and stop blaming everybody for everything and start understanding why people do things. That's what I like to do. And that's why I like this, uh, how Strauss theory so much, because it gives me a, a framework that to me seems very logical. It all lines up. It's not the answer, but it helps, you know? And uh, I think that there's part of the equation of understanding how the world works that is really hard to quantify right now. Maybe because humans haven't had it to deal with it so much in the past, and maybe we haven't even had scientific studies of how people quantify this. I don't know, if you're out there listening and you a person who understands how the human brain processes dangers, um, I would love to hear from you. Because I sometimes wonder how the human brain processes climate change. And I sometimes wonder if we're even capable of processing it. Because it's such a game changer and It kind of takes every other thing out of the equation and becomes the biggest factor. And it's also, it feels like an unsurmountable opponent. Something we don't completely understand. <clears throat> um, and then it's also an opponent that a lot of people don't believe exists. Or... They're welcoming it because they think it's the second coming of God. It's a really complex issue for me, and it's the most important issue that we have to figure out how the human brain can even start to deal with a problem like this. So, Al Gore came out with that movie, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, in the 90s, yeah? I want to say mid-90s. Felt like it was around 95. I'm not sure, though, if that's right or not. But I remember seeing it at the Uptown Theater in Minneapolis, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Uh, It impacted me so deeply. I really felt like I walked in one person and walked out a completely different person. I walked in with a ranking of what the world's problems were and what I had to consider. And I walked out in my ranking of the world's problems had completely gotten etch-a-sketch shook upside down. 
And pretty quickly I became, you know, like a running, that was that person who ran around and tell, told everybody, you all know me, right? I like to tell people things that I figure out. It's a big thing I do. <laughs> and nobody listened. It was so frustrating. Um, every Republican from top to bottom in my life said it was a hoax. It was a lie. The one that affected me the most was my family, my parents, you know. They said it was just a lie. Then I had other people in my family who said there was this author. Was it Tom Clancy? God, it's so stupid. Michael Crichton? I don't know who the fuck. Some stupid-ass famous author who also started saying it was like a conspiracy to get people under a one-world order. And the adults did not listen. And sometimes I go back and I think, were they even able to? What would it be like for you if you grew up in the 40s, 50s, 60s, the land of milk and honey, but you realize the world's missing its soul because of what we're doing to communists and black people and gay people? And they say, well, we're just going to rip this fucker down. And they go ahead and they have their coming of age, flower power, revolutions and sex and drugs and then they move on and have kids and start making a ton of money through deregulation and they start going on cruises and having a good time and then their stupid ass kid grows up and comes to them and says hey the world's burning and I yeah you guys got to stop using energy immediately and start voting for people who can curb our energy use and figure out a different way to use energy they did not want that party to stop, and I think they thought that we... How do you deal with a problem like that? Especially when your kids are telling you, oh, by the way, you, you're the ones who have been causing this. Like, you should have caught this sooner. Like, it's all the fossil fuels. You, it's all your wastefulness. Like, can a human mind deal with that, of being told the world's burning and it's your fault? <laughs> I think most brains will just kick into cognitive dissonance at, at that point. And this is where I'd love to talk to somebody who understands this better than me. Because none of them fucking believed us. At least in my life. But I grew up around all Christian Republicans. None of them believed us. And it was so frustrating. And I feel really energized lately because I almost feel like when I try to go out in the world and see who wanted to join me to do something about this and just almost every single, single person, even, even peers, like peers who were starting their careers, they didn't want to hear this shit. Nobody wanted to hear this. That's why it was called the inconvenient truth. Nobody, it fucked up everybody's plans so bad that nobody wanted to hear it. And everybody thought it was a lie. Not everybody, you know, that's the... It's like people either saw that and believed it or people just thought it was a lie. There wasn't a lot of nuance at the time, at least in my circle. And the world didn't get a lot hotter for a long time after that. And things didn't collapse. Like the ice sheets kept getting smaller. I know that's one of the things I kept paying attention to. You, like the, pretty quickly, we were able to start watching the glaciers shrink. Like as somebody going through it at that point, we're like, okay... 
let's see if this is, you know, let's see if the world is really going in this direction. You start paying more attention. You're like, yep, the God damn it. The fucking glaciers are shrinking. Fuck. And you're like, yeah, it's definitely happening. Great. And nobody's listening. Great. And even the Democrats who say they're listening aren't doing anything about it. Super. And it's, you know, I don't think it's honestly the politicians' fault. There was no hunger for it. The people didn't want it. Nobody wanted to deal with that inconvenient truth. Everybody had their plans laid out. And I think that's the problem, honestly. And I think that's why it took millennials. I've said this before, and when I say this to people, a lot of times they are like, you're nuts, you're over-exaggerating, they don't feel that way. I know millennials, they don't feel that way. But I I do believe this, and I'm sure it's not every millennial, but I feel like millennials... They were the first generation where, as soon as they could really process thoughts, they might have met somebody who said, who told them the truth. So you have this kid who, from the moment they're born, or from the moment they can start, you know, really grasping stuff, some person comes by and says, hey, kid, the world's burning. The adults aren't doing anything about it. I think they processed it differently. Because they didn't already have their stupid plans that this got in the way of. I want to talk about those plans a little bit because I think there's one area of cognitive dissonance that I always struggle with. And I would just like to challenge everybody, especially like in the Gen X generation or even millennials who aren't super into this. But, you know, if you're a boomer, you're already... You're going to spend all your money. But I just want to challenge all the Gen Xers out there who really believe in global warming but are also really working on their retirement financially. I think there's some cognitive dissonance there. If global warming is real, and we'll get to how bad it could be how soon, and I don't want to be a doomer, but we need to do something really quickly here. Um, where was I? <laughs> Uh, something about money. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're just fooling ourselves. I think we're imagining this retirement like our parents had. The world's not going to look like that. The economy might not even be the type of economy that has these types of retirements. I mean, think about it, everybody. Think about if the world gets so bad that everybody wakes the fuck up. It's starting to happen a little bit right now. This year was actually good, I think. This year was the hottest year ever by a large margin. I want all of you out there who don't like to think about this uncomfortableness to think about it. I want you to think about your kids and every kid you know, and then I want you to think about this. What if this year is the coldest year they're ever going to experience? This shit doesn't get colder, everybody. It gets worse. What if this year is the coldest year your kids will ever experience? So, you know, the problem with global warming is we all have to abandon our plans. We've all been making these plans all our life. And I think that is something that Gen X and boomers really have to sit down and think about. Because there's a lot of millennials who have eyes wide open here. They see the problem. 
and it's a real big problem. And, uh, you know, one interesting thing is we don't know how it's going to go exactly, right? I, I listen to a lot of smart people, and, you know, you still don't know exactly how it's going to go, and that's part of the problem. Everybody wants a plan. Everybody wants to know exactly how it's going to go, but they're not sure, you know. We don't know if we're talking about the ocean currents collapsing in two years or 50 years. We don't know, but we do know that when that happens, world temperatures change by about 20 degrees. We don't know when the ocean will stop being able to absorb CO2. But we know when it does, the change will no longer be gradual. The changes that we experience in the weather will all of a sudden be a step change. It's going to be dramatic and very different and very bad for a lot of humanity. And I really want to do something about it, you know. And honestly, I think that... I think people want a purpose in life. And I sometimes wonder what it would be like if all human beings felt like that they have this purpose their house is burning and they're trying to put it out <clears throat> and I wonder if that would be a good thing I think a lot of people worry about well like who's going to be in charge who's telling us what to do what's the government I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but is what's really more scary that you know or your kids living in a world where, you know, half the species they have to see on a, uh, a movie because they've already died out because the ecosystem can't support life anymore. And then, you know, it really comes down to the issue of what does it do to us, everybody? Like, what's going to happen to humans? We're at the top of the food chain. Usually the things at the top of the food chain die first. That's the way ecosystems work because they require everything below them to, to num 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 them up. Now... We are pretty smart, though, right? We are some smart cookies, and um, I've always been hopeful that we can science our way out of this. And this is where I've always really gotten upset with a lot of other Gen Xers on this topic, because there are a lot of Gen Xers who did believe in this, but what they did is they gave up a long time ago. And those people always made me so mad. And then I realize the reason they make me mad is because that's what I did too. All I, I shouldn't say all I knew how to do. All I wanted to do was run around and yell and tell everybody what was going on. And when nobody listened or I got made fun of, I just turned inward and quit. And um, I'm not proud of it. And... um. I do feel like a part of me died when nobody would listen and that that part of me has now come back alive again. Now that I see this entire generation of kids who understand and who are ready to do something about it. When you talk to, or not when you talk to, I don't talk to them, everybody. I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> I think people have a really incorrect image in their head of what millennials are. 
I think they think millennials are a bunch of like blue hair lazies who aren't dedicated to anything. I just think they have their priorities way different than we do. Way different, and that causes a misunderstanding. Plus, if you really break down the economics of how hard it is to, let's say, buy a house now versus any other generation, they like that's not their goal because it's unattainable. It's it's so fucking hard unless you make crazy money today for a millennial to actually imagine buying a house and having a retirement, even if they don't think that global warming is going to completely change all that. That was another thing I was going to say about retirement dollars. Everybody's saving up their big their big stack, right? If it gets to the point where the world's like, all right, we're burning, everything has to be put to this, you know, what do you think is going to happen to all that money, right? They're going to say all hands on deck, all money, everything goes towards saving the planet. That's what I would imagine. I like to imagine, you know, if you put a bunch of meeples in a video game and you give them these scenarios, what would happen? Well, I would think that once the meeples realize they have an existential crisis that kills everybody, that they completely change the game of how everything works. Economics, workforce, everything. Flipped on its head to attack the new problem. I think that's what millennials are trying to do now. Um, but yeah, I think millennials are misunderstood. Um, another thing I love about millennials, they are extremely liberal, democratic, but they actually think Joe Biden's not liberal enough, which is really scary to a lot of people on the right. But I'll tell you this, if it brings you any comfort, millennials don't really think people on the right are the problem. They're highly liberal. They're highly democratic. They vote democratic really strongly. I've heard, uh, a statistician who does these polls say uh, millennials are allergic to Trump. Like, I'm sure you know some millennials who like Trump, but as a voting block, um, it's not so often you see a voting block that dislikes a certain candidate this much. Um, but yeah, they are much more socialist. They're not afraid of socialism. They didn't grow up being afraid of it. And they don't think people on the right are actually the bad guys, at least the ones that I've been watching um, who seem to be creating movements of people actually making change. Um, they think the problem is wealth disparity and climate change. They obviously also care about women's rights to birth control and gun rights because they grew up with a bunch of kids shooting up their schools while us grown-ups did nothing about it. I don't everybody to think about that. You're worried about gun control? You're worried about people taking away your guns? Just think about what we did to these fucking kids. We didn't do anything. People were shooting up their schools and we didn't do anything. What do you think they're going to do once they have power? So from what I understand, those are the four big issues for millennials. But I think there's a significant cutoff between the top two and the bottom two because I think they understand that, the top, that global warming is an existential, existential crisis where the other ones don't matter. But I think they put up e income equality right up there next to it because they understand that you can't accomplish climate change until you accomplish income equality. I think they consider the two one and the same. 
And then after that, they want women's bodily rights back, just human bodily rights back. And then they, um, you know, I wouldn't even say they want to ban guns. You know, I think if you really look at it logically of where they're coming from, I think what they want to start with is ban the guns that have been, like, I think they want to ban the assault rifles because that's what people have been using to hunt them. Um, but I'm speaking for millennials. I'm not a millennial. This is just me, honestly, looking at polls, looking at voting results, things like that. I love polls, everybody. I know that after the 2016 election, a lot of people thought the polls were garbage. Um, personally, I thought the 2016 election reinforced them because if you were paying attention to the correct polls that weren't over-exaggerating things, they actually gave Trump a pretty good chance to win. They gave him a one in three chance to win, which is a pretty good chance to win. One in three is a lot. Um, polls are really, really insightful. And the, the statistics about millennials I find to be very hopeful. I feel like I've, yeah, I feel like a part of me died when nobody would listen that global warming was a thing. And by the way, those same people, this is the path they went down. They eventually, you know, maybe somewhere around the 2005, I don't know. Let's say when Obama got elected, 2008, I think uh, a lot of those people, at least the Christians, started saying, okay, it's real, but it's not man-made. This just happens. It's a cycle of history. Hmm. I really try not to call people stupid and idiots. I think it's one of my... Um, Achilles heels. It, I just, that's how I felt so much. And then I think the more I think about it, they're not stupid, it's cognitive dissonance. It's an inconvenient truth that fucks up all their plans. And the brain is going to try really hard to not believe it. Because if you believe it, your plans are fucked. And you got to make all new plans. <laughs> Um, hmm. you know thinking about what's going to happen you have a lot of doomer Gen Xers as well as millennials who, who will say it's way too late it was late it was too late 20 years ago and I think they're actually kind of right. We have definitely done irreparable damage. If we turn the boat as hard as we could now, the world we ended up with would still have a lot of damage on it, and we might not even make it. Like, the way... Oh, man. The way this thing works, everybody, is like a flywheel. It's like once you get the thing going, it actually perpetuates itself. Once forests start burning, that releases more CO2 and there's less forest to absorb the CO2. Once the ice caps melt, they can't reflect light anymore and the ocean absorbs even more. Once the ocean is done sucking up all the CO2 it can, it's just going to stop sucking it up and all the moisture is going to go into our air and things are going to get so goddamn humid. Like you don't even understand because the water's not going to have a place to go anymore. Um... 
even if we stopped now, the world's going to keep getting hotter because we've created this flywheel, this wheel that like, it's still going. Like we let go of the handle, but the thing's still fucking going because we fucking cranked it up so hard. But this is my big butt, and this is the where I always get so upset with people when they just quit. Guys, there's this thing called science. That throughout the ages, we have found things that we think are fucking magic that just change everything. And I believe that to think we can't accomplish this with science is thinking extremely small and narrow-minded. Are you kidding me? It's our only way out of this. And of course it's possible. I don't know if we're going to figure it out in time, but are you telling me, are you telling me that if the smartest alien in the world, the smartest alien ever, who's times 10 smarter than us, came down to the planet, they wouldn't have a solution with everything we have on hand? Like, the natural world is this amazing thing of all these powerful interactions that we've yet to figure out how to unlock. You know, nuclear power probably seemed like make-believe to everybody, right? Cars seem like make-believe to everybody when everybody was riding horses. This stuff feels like magic. But I'm telling you that if we focus on this again, there's more magic out there. And I refuse to believe that there's not. Because if I believe there's not, then we lose and we quit and I'm just not going to do that. I don't do that. I'm not quitting. I want humans to live. There's no way I'm quitting. You could tell me that the humans are the bad guys in this equation. I'm still not fucking quitting. <laughs> it's in my DNA. I'm not going to quit. Right? And I hope a lot of you feel the same. You know, I, I know a lot of Christian conservatives right now who have finally come around and realized that this is probably man-made, right? They can't deny it anymore, especially after this year. Their literal homes are being affected. They have relatives who are having to fucking move, you know, from Texas because it's too fucking hot, you know? They're finally coming around, but now these some bitches are just like, oh, good. Bring me home, God. I don't know what to do with these people. I don't know what to do with these people. Other than shame them. Shame on you. For being so selfish that you're worried about you meeting God and not the next generation who actually wants a chance to live on this planet. It's very selfish. But maybe, again, it's just a way for the human mind to deal with such a problem. I really think we can do it, everybody. I really, 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 really think we can do it. And I wonder sometimes as we look back at this era and this challenge that the millennial generation, the hero generation is facing right now, I sometimes wonder if it isn't global warming. You know, when I think about if America really is in this challenge mode where we're going to have this huge obstacle feels like it could be a couple it feels like it could be a civil war hinged on trump's trials in which case i would predict the federal government would win pretty quickly and decisively 
and make a lot of examples of people. It could be a world war. In which case, nuclear weapons are now on the table. And I don't think any of us know how that would go. I don't think we like to think about it. But it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> but then I think there's also a possibility that sometime in the next five years, as these other things heat up, the world keeps heating up. And everybody wakes up. Everybody. Because places like Missouri get too hot. And people are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I left Texas to come here. And now this place is too hot? We got to do something. And sometimes when I triage our world problems, whether it's civil war because of Trump or world war because it seems like Russia and China are in an economic situation where they got to do something soon because they have an aging population and they're not going to be able to feed all their people in a couple decades. I think that's something everybody needs to understand. I don't think Russia and China are making moves because they feel strong. I think Russia and China are making moves because they feel weak and they have to make a move. I think their regimes know that they're probably going to get toppled by a revolution not too far away because they're not going to be able to feed their people. And that's why I think they are making a move. Again, I think that the uh, Western powers would win that outcome because the militaries of these other companies are countries are not nearly as strong, but... Any land war is a tragedy of human existence. Anytime you're on, I suppose, any war, nobody wants that. And then, obviously, everybody's afraid of the outcome of superpowers having nuclear weapons. But I would argue that if you really take a step back, Global warming is really the real problem and the thing we have to accomplish first before we figure any of this stuff out. You know, if Russia and China's worried about feeding their population, well, we're all going to be worried about feeding our population if we don't do something about global warming. And so sometimes I wonder if there will be environmental events that basically create a sea change in how society feels about this. Everybody. Planetary. Because that's where the line goes, right? I like to think about when a line is moving somewhere, usually it hits a point where something has to change. It's like the whole, if rich keep getting richer and poor keep getting poorer, you it breaks. The, at some point, the chart and the trend breaks. Almost any trend cannot go in one direction forever. It will break, it'll reach, it'll hit another force and it'll break. And I think we're getting there. Anyway, everybody, I, uh, 
I'm not sorry for being a bummer. I, I was about to say I was. You know, this is the type of stuff I would say to people. This is one of the reasons I don't have friends, everybody. <laughs> this is the type of stuff I like to talk to people about. Um, and people don't like to hear this. And honestly, if you're out there and you really care about this, I would like to hear from you. Because my whole life, I've kind of felt like I've been a little bit alone on this journey. Even my close friends always tell me I'm overreacting. You've heard me and Sean on this podcast, right? He's like, yeah, it's a problem, but it's not. Like, settle down, dude. It's not going to affect us that much. And so uh, sometimes I feel like the entire world is gaslighting me and telling me to settle down. Settle down, little girl. Us, us big boys got this taken care of. That's how I feel sometimes. And, um, yeah, it makes me feel a little crazy. But then I come back into my logical mind and I'm like, no, they're the ones who have cognitive dissonance. They can't deal with this problem. And I would just love to hear from other people that they also agree that this is our biggest problem because that would give me hope, honestly. Um, I'm watching from a lot of people from afar. I'm actually joining uh, CCL, uh, the Climate Change League. Um, I'm getting involved. Um, there are pushes everybody. Everybody, the other day in Montana, a bunch of fucking kids got the law changed where they can no longer put in a business without considering the economic effects on Montana. Thank you, kids. Thank you for doing what us adults should have done. That should have been a room full of Gen Xers with all their tactical hunting gear on, telling the Montana leaders to save our forests so we can keep hunting. Instead, those people got wrapped up into conspiracy theories and, are, and went mega. I've become very unapologetic lately, everybody. I've become sick of it, I guess. I'm really tired of watching everybody be selfish. In particular, the people who have the money and aren't doing anything right now, who are just being comfortable. Us boomers and Gen Xers in particular. I'm seeing these millennials try to do this trying to save their planet and it's disgusting to watch us not help them thank you everybody have a great day